Hello and welcome to our WrestleMania wrap-up here on Ramblings from Nowhere. Joining me again this week, yeah, day, today, I don't know, it's all running together. When it's <laughs> WrestleMania weekend, you just kind of, it all just melts away, especially when it's been two days. But I'm glad to welcome back to the show again, Mr. Derek Zuaschiani. Yes, and a happy Firefly Funhouse to you as well, sir. Oh, man. Can't wait to get into that and the Boneyard match. Now that we know what a Boneyard match is, because I, uh, I was interested in both those, and I'm interested to hear what you think about them. Uh, Derek, with that being said, let's, uh, let's dive right in. Uh, what we're going to do is let's, let's go through our picks and all the matches. I'll start on day one, and we'll just start with the first match, and we'll run down. We can give some quick thoughts on each one if you want, and we'll get our picks in there. And uh, see what everybody or see what we think of it. How's it sound? Sounds good to me, my man. All right. Are you ready? Let's do it. So day one, Saturday, <clears throat> we did not uh, do a pick for the kickoff match. I honestly forgot that there was a kickout kickoff match for this one. Man, I had no <clears throat> idea that was even going to happen. Yeah. So, so Cesaro defeated Drew Gulak. Did I say that right? Uh, Gulak. Gulak. Yes. Uh, I did not see the match. I read that it was a uh, actually a real good match. Uh, did you get to watch it? I did. Yeah, uh, it was a really good match, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was. I think it went like maybe four minutes, but uh, those two guys are two of uh, like my low key favorites, and uh, I think that you know if, if <laughs> I still don't understand why Cesaro's not a multi time world champion, but I uh, know. Uh, to be there's uh, there's no need for him to be regulated to the kickoff match at all right at all right uh, but he he did this insane move where like he put Drew, Drew Gulak up on his shoulders like a torture rack and then did the airplane spin with mm-hmm. him like that and then just dropped his arms and spun him with no hands for like three or four rotations before he set him down. Okay, I'm gonna have to go back and watch this match now. I'd read yeah. a little bit about it, but uh, like I said, uh, it's uh, WrestleMania is such a big time investment. But we'll get into that later. Yeah, uh, it's so, a it's a. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, it's an old it's an old wrestling move he used to use on the on the indies called uh, the UFO, which was uh, tri- uh, which was stood for unidentified flying opponent. <laughs> it's not a big enough rocket you could put on that man, shoot him to the moon, but. I digress. Awesome. Yeah. Well worth the four minutes. I just still don't. I'm just going to say before we go on, I just don't understand why he's on the kickoff show. He should be at the bot towards the bottom of a card always. He should have, he should have been the guy Drew uh, – excuse me. Yeah, he's he's the guy that Drew McIntyre should have beat for the world title. Uh, yeah. Yep. I agree. Uh, so next up, we had the uh, Kabuki Warriors taking on Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Kabuki, War- Kabuki Warriors, of course, were the champions, and they lost. And Derek, the pick goes to you. I just I, I thought for sure my Kabuki Warriors were going to win, but they did not. So what did you think of the match? Um, I I mean I liked it. I like all four of those competitors um i thought that it went a little too long mm-hmm. but uh besides that uh, i enjoyed it and i think you to kick off the show with uh, you know the baby faces winning it and and stuff i think that was the right move i love the kabuki warriors and and want them to 
to come back and, and you know, I, I want the – if they're going to have a tag team division for the women, I want it to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. And and so I, I hope that – I hope that with Alexa Bliss, who seems like the WWE is – it's – they love her. You know, she's not, she's not as dominant as, like, uh, Charlotte, but they – you know, if you look back at the last four or five years, Alexa Bliss is normally in title contention. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, if if they've got a, if they've got a title on her, hopefully that means they're going to put some more interest in it, and um, and hopefully that means you know we're going to see the Iconics come back and the Kabuki Warriors, and you know maybe even uh, Sasha and Bailey team back up before they inevitably split. Which you know we'll talk about that later, mm-hmm. but. Uh, yeah, so I I, uh, I do wish this would have been shorter, but besides that, I, I thought it was was a decent opener. I thought it was a good match. Um, it was hard hitting, which you knew it was going to be coming in with Oscar in there mm-hmm. anyway. Um, I, what it did for me was uh, open my eyes to to just how hard hitting as a entire card, which we can go into later too. But like, there was some hard hits put down in this like, the entire the entire show, both nights, but like, I didn't realize, and then the mics, having everything mic'd up, and you could hear what everybody was saying, I think some of them took better advantage of that than other others in some of the matches, but in this one, you could hear Asuka, she was, well, Asuka's Asuka, so you know, she's always doing her dancing, and her, uh, I guess you call it trash talk, trash talking, that kind of thing, but, uh, I, I like the match. Uh, obviously, I didn't like the outcome. I mean, I don't have a problem. I think uh, Bliss and Cross are a great team. Uh, I've uh, you mentioned them. I just really hope that maybe tonight we see the Iconics come back. I don't think we will, uh, but I'm ready for some uh, some more women's tag teams to get in on this action. So after that, Derek, we moved on to um, Elias and King Corbin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, I think I walked out while this one was going on, and it was over when I come back. But Elias defeated King Corbin by pinfall, and uh, I called that one. I uh, got lucky on that. Uh, anything you want to say about this one at all? Uh, it, uh, again, it went too long, and at this point I was questioning my decision on watching WrestleMania. Did you? Yeah. I think I didn't have to because that's when I walked out. So <laughs> it all it kind of come together all right, but – just another filler one before we got to the next big match, which was uh, Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler. Uh, Becky Lynch wins. Uh, what do you think of it? Uh, I thought the match was good. I'm not. I'm not happy about the finish of the match. Uh, just because, like, now Becky's beaten everybody. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. It, it just. It seems. And and I I guess that I assumed that something like this was going to happen, just because, you know you know how Vince like gets behind people yep. and all of a sudden they just can't lose. Yep. Um, and I you know I guess that's that's what he's doing with Becky and and, and she deserves it, but uh, I really do think Shayna should have got this one. I think that Becky's kind of losing steam, and the only way that she's going to be able to pick that back up is if she has something that she could chase. You know, mm-hmm. and and bring her back to that baby face that we all fell in love with a couple of years ago. But um, you know, maybe maybe it happens. Maybe it happens when there's people back. You know, maybe that's the reason why they didn't pull the trigger. Then I don't know. Yeah, that was a. Uh, it was weird, like especially in some of these bigger matches, like this one, um, not having the people there to kind of inject. Uh, the match wasn't lifeless, but 
to uh, just inject a little bit more feel into it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, mm-hmm. It's just it, it. It was really odd for me the whole time. There was a few matches I can think of where I kind of forgot that there was no crowd, but in most of the matches, uh, I you know, especially when you're having to play to quote unquote a crowd that's not there, you know, and it's just kind of it was odd seeing some of that. But um, the match itself, another hard hitting match. Um, when Baszler rammed her, uh, Lynch into the announce table those two times and it hurt and I don't know my problem with the finish was we had seen it before uh, you know Kyrie Saint wasn't it Kyrie that did the same thing to beat her when she had her in the in the lock mm-hmm. I think if I remember right it, yeah so you know I mean there's not really a counter well, I mean there's plenty of counters but uh, I don't know it was a pretty good match I did did I yes I picked that one right yeah um it was good. Uh, at at this point, did they did they win you back with this match? No, still didn't. Okay. No. Uh, the only reason I was hanging on by this point was just to figure out what a Boneyard match was. Right. Okay, you're okay. So next up, we had Sami Zayn defeating Daniel Bryan mm-hmm. to retain the Intercontinental Championship, which we both got wrong. So, what do you think? Uh, I I liked it uh, for the first time. This one went too short. Yeah, um, I wish that they would have taken the excess from Elias and the uh, tag match and given it to Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan. Uh, but, but again, like I'm a I'm a homer for both those guys, mm-hmm. and think that if you would have given them 15 to 20 minutes, they probably could have stole the show. Yeah. Uh, I the only thing that I'm upset about is is it. I mean, Daniel beat the bejesus out of Sami for what felt like the majority of the match, and then he gets hit with, like, one mm-hmm. awkward-looking boot, and that's the end of it. I, that's the only thing that bothered me. But besides that, at this point, it was the my favorite match of the night. It it become my favorite, and mainly, uh, I love Daniel Bryan, I always have, and I've always liked Sami Zayn, but, man, Sami Zayn in the ring last, or Saturday night and just running his mouth and everything mm-hmm. and being able to really hear that. And I was cracking up just listening to him beg and plead and so on and so forth and all that. Um, I really enjoyed this match. Uh, I'm with you. I mean, the ending just kind of happened all of a sudden because uh, I didn't see it ending that quick on that one kick, like you said. But all in all, still a good match. Um, next up, we had the triple threat ladder match. Uh, John Morrison defeated Kofi Kingston and Jimmy Uso to retain the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. And Derek, you called this one. I did not. What did you think of it? Uh, uh, this is where, to quote, uh, to quote Jim Ross, this is where business started to pick up. Mm-hmm. Uh, this match was insane. Uh, and, you know, I I kept reading on Twitter, like, wrestlers would say, hey, if you think this hurts, uh, remember that it hurts, like, five times as worse than it usually does because there's nobody there. Right. And and these guys were, I mean, pulling out some innovative spots, stuff I'd never seen before, um, and uh, just some hard-hitting stuff. And I, I, I thought that the finish was, was fun. I read online where a lot of people kind of poo-pooed on it. Oh, but no, I thought I it was really, yeah, I thought it was really yeah. creative. I need a little comedy in there. I like comedy in my wrestling. I mean, I know it's not always there, but yeah. I was I was had a good laugh when they were all three sitting there fighting, and then Morrison basically falls off the ladder with the belts and wins. Um, <clears throat> I, I think my favorite move, move, the one that sticks with me, is when Morrison uh, tight roped across the top rope and then did that Spanish fly. Oh mm-hmm. man, that was yeah. 
I forget how good Morrison can be when he wants to be. I've never been a huge fan of him, and but um, he showed me a lot last night. Yeah, because I didn't. John, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you're, uh, I was just going to say John Morrison left the WWE and only got better. Yeah, and so it's kind of it's kind of frustrating to see him come back for just a tag team thing. And I, I mean, I like Miz and Morrison a lot. I think they're really they have really good chemistry and they're really good together. But I just it's another one of those things where I was like, I wish Miz and Morrison were the title, you know, to the title fight and not mm-hmm. not in the tag matches. But, uh, yeah, that dude is that dude is one of the most athletically gifted people that they have. And um, he's only upped his game. And mm-hmm. I hope that they make a serious run with him before it's all said and done. You would think that coming back and uh, well I don't know if he would have or not but you'd think that they would have gave him something you know to want to come back for mm-hmm. besides just a tag team title run which isn't bad I mean there's how many people don't even get a tag team title run but still at the same time you know he's been there done that so on and so forth so I don't know we'll see I really enjoyed the match uh, good stuff all around uh, but let's get to this next one because uh, this is when it really really started to get hot for me uh, Kevin Owens defeated Seth Rollins by disqualification, but then <laughs> the match was restarted under no disqualification rules, and Owens won again by pinfall. All right, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Man, I thought that this, as far as from an in-ring standpoint, because I think with the Boneyard match, you've got to put that mm-hmm. by itself. Uh, but this was my favorite match of this night, uh, and probably in my top three, well, definitely my top three favorite in-ring matches of the whole weekend. Uh, again, I love both these guys. Uh, Kevin Owens, I've been an unabashed fan of Kevin Kevin Owens, Kevin Steen for the last decade. And, uh, I, again, I, he's one of those guys where, like, if if I had the book, this would have been a title match, not, mm-hmm. you know, where it was. But uh, I, I loved it. Uh, I hated the DQ finish. But then, you know, I liked the fact that they, they baited us all and, and gave us the big switch. And then, you know, I tweeted this out, but somewhere somewhere Shane McMahon was shedding tears of pride oh after watching Kevin Owens jump off the big WrestleMania sign. I, I've seen a lot of uh, spots like that, you know, off the top of the hill in the cell, blah, blah, and all that stuff. But uh, other than the Foley one, I mean, this just looked like it hurt. I mean, of course, they were both, I don't know how much they were selling and blah, 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 but, man, that hurt to watch him come off the top of that, and the way mm-hmm. it, just watch him land, and uh, it was it was it was an awesome match. Which you called, by the way, I forgot to mention that you got that one right. I did not. Um, I'm with you. I like both of them. It was, uh, I, I, I'd say, yeah, I'd, uh, it's in my top five. Uh, there was a there was a lot of good matches. I would put this in my top five, I believe. I'd have to sit down and look because I hadn't really thought that much about it. But, uh, uh, yeah, that no disqualification thing there, I was like, really? That's where it's going to end at? Yeah. So I'm glad they picked that back up. I thought Seth uh, Seth, Seth Rollins for me is just a great A heel. And I I think that's where he needs to stay. I don't want to see him. I, uh, his baby face stuff is good, but, it's, but for me, he's just always a heel. Kind of... Uh, Kind of like the way I look at Randy Orton. I don't ever see Randy Orton as a baby face. It never has done it for me. So, uh, great match. Now let's get to a, for me at least, a not-so-great match, but also not a big surprise. 
Braun Strowman defeated Goldberg by pinfall to win the Universal Championship. I, t- I took the field, so I got this nut. But uh, uh, there's not much to say about this. What did you think of it? Uh, I, I mean, I'm going to save my opinion for this match when we get to the Brock Lesnar, uh, Drew McIntyre match. But I, I hated it. You, <laughs> I mean, it was every, it was exactly what I thought it was going to yeah. be, but I, I hated it. Uh, congrats to Braun. But it's it's two years too late. Yeah. I'll, I'll say this. Uh, well, first of all, I still have the opinion that Goldberg should have never even been in this match as the champion. Yeah. Secondly, uh, can I can I yes. counter that real quick? Yeah. Um, if if Goldberg winning the Universal Championship was the reason we got the Firefly Funhouse, okay. Funhouse then okay. I'll accept it. That's I'll give you that. That's true. Which we'll get to. But like, he should have. Uh, what should have happened, in my opinion? Because well, of course they don't build him that way anymore, hardly. But Strowman, that first spear, Goldberg should have just bounced off of him. And then we've done the slams and been done. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, either way, I don't know. There's just nothing to the match. Nothing. I mean, it wasn't a surprise what was going to happen. You know what was going to happen. Yeah. I'd been more surprised if Goldberg had beat him. And I, I was like, okay. And then we now then, so there's that one. But now let's move on to my opinion. Um, I'm going to say it's the match of the night, quote, unquote. Just, yeah, it's the match of the night. That wasn't held at the uh, performance center. I guess I would say I don't, it's hard to say, but man, Undertaker defeated AJ Styles. We both got this right. We finally found out what a bone yard match was. And uh, what did you think, man? Uh, I loved it. I, I loved everything about it. It uh, it was unique. It was the right amount of camp. It was hard hitting. Uh, very physical. Mm-hmm. Uh, both guys played their part well. This is the best we've seen The Undertaker look in maybe five, eight years. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, it was, it was the thing that I said to some friends of mine. I don't know if, if I told you this or not, but um, some friends and I were talking about it after the after the show was over with, and I said, if this is, if this is how – or if Vince wants to keep The Undertaker going for the next decade, this is how he does it. Mm-hmm. It's just every year you do a boneyard match with somebody. Uh, you know, Mick Foley tweeted out that he wanted to be in next year's boneyard match. <laughs> um, you know, my my thoughts were you have Sting and Undertaker. This is oh, the way yeah. you do the Sting Undertaker the match. Way. Yes. Yeah. Um, and bonus points if they keep AJ Styles off off uh, air until next year, and then a skeleton version of him pops up out of that grave. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man. I, you know, this is obviously the most unique WrestleMania, hopefully of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my goodness, like, I'm so happy that they went this route with it because it was just it was so much fun. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I um, I, I wasn't sure going in what we were about to get. You know, you saw the hearse pulling up, and then the druids come out, and <laughs> As soon as AJ popped out, I was like, okay, now we're getting somewhere. Yeah. I, I felt a lot better. Um, I think because I was thinking back to the old uh, buried live matches and stuff like that, the campy, you know, WWE stuff from back in the mm-hmm. 90s, which is what I was afraid we were going to get. Mm-hmm. And like you said, this had this had some camp in it, but just enough. I mean, it didn't overdo it. 
and man, they was laying some shots in there on each other. Uh, had enough, I don't know. It was just it, it felt right. Undertaker looked strong the whole time. Well, I mean, he didn't look strong the whole time, but you know what I'm saying. He didn't look. Mm-hmm. He wasn't. Uh, when you look at these last few matches, like you said, that he's had over at WrestleMania and at the uh, the uh, Super Show. Yeah, he. It just it's not the Undertaker. No, it's not. Now this though, this was what we wanted to see. This is what everybody. This is everybody's vision of the Undertaker. At least I think it is. You know, yeah. this unstoppable force. I mean, they made him look human enough. You know, at times where he was hurting, and that's and the acting on both sides was great too. I mean, mm-hmm. when the, I can remember. When Taker was down on the ground and uh, just wheezing and so on and so forth, and AJ was agging him on and vice versa, um, it was good stuff. Really enjoyed this match. Definitely for me, the match of the night on day one. You made me break my finger. That was my <laughs> yeah. favorite part. <laughs> I uh, uh, I was laughing quite a bit. I was afraid I was going to wake up my family because I got to give one a little bit too much. <laughs> But that's what I like. I mean, uh, I hope, I'm with you, I hope that they do, if he does keep coming back, that they do something like this, because I don't think he needs to be in the ring anymore. But I did see, and I have not watched it yet, that they were showing that Undertaker last ride Mm -hmm. on WWE Network. So I don't know if that's a kind of a prelude to what's happening or what. Did you get to watch it? Yeah, I did. So they they did a sneak peek of it. It wasn't like a whole episode or anything, but it was mm-hmm. maybe the first ten minutes of uh, the documentary. And um, the the way that it ended, it said the end is near. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what I'm thinking is that they're going to probably have Taker have his last match at Survivor Series, and that kind of puts a bow on it. Thirty years, mm-hmm. you know, from ninety to twenty twenty. Yeah. Uh, and I, I kind of hope, I mean, I kind of hope that's the case. And I also really kind of hope that if uh, if he's going out, that he wrestles AJ at Survivor Series and puts him over. Yeah. Uh, uh, and kind of kind of makes AJ whole in this whole situation and and, uh, and goes out with the right guy. Because there's, there's maybe like three people I think that Undertaker could have like a really good match with right now that would make him look like the Undertaker that we want to see. And AJ Styles is at the top of that list. Yeah, yeah, he uh, he made him look strong. I mean, it was a you can't go. I I don't know too many people that AJ Styles doesn't make look good anyway. Yeah. But like, I mean, when you look at some of the matches, uh, specifically when I think back now, the the Roman Reigns match with him at WrestleMania was uh, he looked he looked rough. And of course, I didn't see the Super Show one, which everybody talks about with him and Goldberg looking like. Absolute garbage, but well, man, that show wise, show wise, I mean, performance yeah, wise, yeah. With with Goldberg, with that situation, that match was terrible. Uh, I mean, just because of Goldberg, yeah. Like Goldberg, and I don't want to be a Goldberg hater. Uh, I've never like I was a huge fan of Goldberg in '98, mm-hmm. but I think that's the only time in my like wrestling fandom that I've been a fan of Bill Goldberg when he when he lost his streak that all his mystique went out the window for me yep. um but I uh yeah he you know, so if you didn't see it I, I apologize for stumbling over my words but uh if you if you haven't seen it you know he concusses himself halfway through the match uh he tries to jackhammer the undertaker he can't get him up pretty much drops him on his head 
Um, and then Undertaker looks like he tombstones Goldberg on top of his head. I mean, it was just a it was a cluster muck, <laughs> man. Like, it, it was just, you know, and you're sitting there going, my God, I, I would have loved to sing this match in 98. Yeah. You know, but in 2019, it just it reminds me of, of time is fleeting and death is inevitable. You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, on that one, <clears throat> excuse me, let's move on to day two. Anything else you want to say about day one before we move on? Uh, I, I just want to say this, man. I, I felt like that it exceeded expectations. Uh, I want to, just as a blanket statement, say thank you to everybody who put this on and made this happen. Um, you, you know, the world's a crazy place right now, and it's nice to continue to have entertainment uh, and, and live entertainment and, uh, well, quote-unquote live entertainment, mm-hmm. but, you know, stuff where you didn't know what was going to happen. And uh, it was nice to see the WWE go out of their comfort zone to try to entertain the fans. Um, and, I, you know, I hope that if anything if anything comes out of this whole pandemic that we're going through, maybe the WWE takes more chances like this mm-hmm. in agree. the future. Um, I Coming out of day one, I felt excited. I felt better. I was really kind of nervous about how this was going to go, you know, going into that first night, um, the no crowd and so on and so forth. But um, I felt better, and I was excited for day two. Um, like you said, I mean, the performers, uh, it's just amazing. It's, it really is amazing what they pulled off over two nights. Um, uh, the only problem I had was uh, Gronk, but we can talk about him here in just a little bit. Uh, um, I was just trying to avoid it, but, yeah, we can. Well, we have to at some point. But, um, yeah, you're right. Let's, uh, let's move on to day two and get into these matches. Uh, we had the kickoff one, which we did not uh, ch- make a choice on because, again, didn't know. Yeah. Uh, Liv Morgan defeated Natalia. Um, I did not watch the match. Uh, what did you think of it? Uh, I'm, I mean, it was it was Natty trying to help a, a green wrestler, you know, mm-hmm. learn the business. Uh you know, I, for everything that I don't like about Natalia, she is pretty much the ultimate professional and uh, is one heck of a hand. And I know that that's sort of the death knell for uh, for wrestlers when you get branded that way, but that really is what Natty is. And, uh, you know, she did what she could with Liv, and I think that the company I think that the company has a better outlook of Liv Morgan than I do. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, stuff like this happens. But, you know, it, it was in and out pretty quick, kind of like the Cesaro gulag match and um, didn't hurt anybody and, and got the night going so alright well now let's get on um, I was surprised that they let off with this one I'm glad they did because uh, I really enjoyed this match uh, it was the NXT Women's Championship match uh, Charlotte Flair defeated Rhea Ripley to win the title um, I did pick this one right uh, Derek what do you think of it uh, I think from the in ring standpoint this was my favorite match of both nights mm-hmm Man, it was good. Uh, like I was telling you off air, just really surprising how good it was and how hard-hitting it was, which was Flair, when you look at her, uh, I mean, as much as I think, and I probably you do too, she's a little, not a little, I think she's overexposed and used way too much for my, my personal taste. I like her, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, but, like, 
how many times is what she's won? How many championships now? I lost count. Eleven. Eleven now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she, she'll give you a five star match at WrestleMania. Go back and look and see how many that she didn't give. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this was my first real exposure to Ripley. And my goodness, wow! I was impressed. I I, w- I was not happy with the finish, obviously. I mean, I called for Flair, but uh, Ripley just she won me over as that match went on. It was a good match. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, by the way. No, 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 no. You're fine. Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed it. Like I said, I enjoyed it. That's probably my favorite in-ring match of the the weekend. But uh, the one thing that it did bother me was how, like, how over-the-top Rhea Ripley's selling was. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was the one thing that kind of got me out of it. I was Mm -hmm. just like, okay, this... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, I understand that it hurts, or you're trying to convey that it hurts, mm-hmm. but you sound like she's stabbing you multiple times yeah. with a sharp object. Like, tone it down just a little bit. But, again, that's that's also Rhea Ripley's 23 years old, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, her best days are ahead of her, not behind her. And uh, I think that Charlotte is really coming into her own. Uh, and, you know, d- despite all the criticisms that you can give her, right? She's mm-hmm. overexposed. She only got where she is because of her dad, et cetera, et cetera. Man, when it's WrestleMania, you're not going to find a better performer. Nope. I agree. I agree. And, uh, you know, she, she put on her Twitter that she's missed WrestleMania, and I scoff at it. You know, I, I was scoffing at it until this match, and then I was like, oh, you know what, Ashley, you're right. You, uh, you knocked it out of the park. Yeah. I mean, the one that really stuck in my head uh, for her, and then we'll move on, uh, was the uh, Oscar match. That's when I really, I mean, I, of course I'd watched her and followed her and stuff, but man, when she put on that show, I was, that, that won me over. I still, I, I mean, the overexposure thing, yes, I said, but like, between, the, I don't know which one I'd take over the other. Um, probably the Oscar one, but yeah, she's money. She yeah. is money, definitely. Yeah. Okay, so... Next up, we had Alistair Black defeating Bobby Lashley. Uh, we both picked this one right. Um, I, I, what do you think? I don't really have nothing to say. I mean, it was it was a decent match. I'm just glad the right guy won. Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, obviously they're setting up something between uh, Lashley and Lana yeah. know, down the road. But I mean, other than that, the right guy won. That was a heck of a kick at the end on that spear. Yeah. But uh, other than that, uh, nothing to say. Uh, and I've got something else to say about this whole this night here in just a second if I don't forget. But next up, we have the uh, Otis. We have Otis defeating Dolph Ziggler. Uh, again, nothing really to say about this one. It, it, it was on our minds so much that we forgot to make our picks. So yeah. that tells you something. I didn't think the no. match... I didn't think the match was terrible, and I also thought while I was watching it about what you said about Dolph Ziggler losing once again in a singles match, but making he made Otis look good. Like yeah, he, you know I agree with everything you said on our other uh, show on our pre-show about Ziggler. I mean he's money, he's underused and used wrong, but he's money every time. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's a it's a daggum shame that. Dolph Ziggler's first singles match at WrestleMania was putting over uh, a guy that I think won't be in the company five years from now. Right, right. I agree. 
and uh, you know, and it was really just the backdrop for the implosion of the mega powers known as fire and ice, <laughs> or fire and desire, or whatever they call whatever themselves. They are. Yeah. Um, so it's you know stuff like that's really frustrating to me, man. Uh, <laughs> I, I I think that. I I really did enjoy this this uh, Russell uh, both nights of WrestleMania. I had I thought that they were both great, and I felt like that they they put the matches in the right order. You know, uh, except maybe you well you, you need to start the night out with a really good match, but then they put the stuff that didn't mean as much up front. Yeah, and just built it from there. But uh, well, yeah, what I, what I was um, going to say for me, um. This was the weaker of the two cards. And I just now realized this as I was looking through some of these matches on this one. There was a lot of time where I, not a lot, but I mean, there was some of these matches, these, there's a few of these matches that did not keep my interest the way most of the card from the previous night. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I don't know if this, if day two was any less exciting for me than day one. Just. On the strength of the matches, uh, well, the the Charlotte Ripley match that we talked about, and then some more we're about to talk about here in a minute. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that night one was the stronger of the two, but uh, that doesn't mean that night two didn't hold my interest. Right. Yeah. Um, just to just to double back real quick, what I was going to say is there's a lot of these guys that I feel like that I would say um, if if I had the book or if I were creative or whatever, they would be world champions. And Dolph Ziggler is another one of those guys. Like Cesaro, Owens, Rollins, Dolph Ziggler, like those those would be top guys, you mm-hmm. know, in my wrestling promotion. And it's a damn shame that they're not in, you know, in the WWE. I agree. And speaking of top guys, let's talk about two right here. Uh, the last man standing match. I know you were excited for this, for Edge to return. Edge come back and defeated Randy Orton. Uh, we both picked this one right. What do you think? Man. Um, so I thought that the match started great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that there was a lot of really crazy physicality in this match. I thought that there was a lot of stuff that it made, it made me grimace, thinking like, hey, Edge, mm-hmm. don't put yourself into retirement again, you know, after you just come back. Uh, and I thought that if there was a favorite finish for the week or for the weekend, it would be this match. Just the emotion, yeah. the gravitas, everything about it was great. Uh, but, man, if this thing would have been 15 minutes shorter, I think I it probably would have been my favorite match. Yeah. It, it, getting to that ending you were talking about was a long, long haul. It yeah. just it, – it, it was a long – Long stretch to get there, so I'm with also, you. I'm with you uh, on that one. Also, it didn't help that that uh, Tom Phillips and Byron Saxon were calling it like it was a golf match. Yeah, like I don't understand why they felt the need to whisper the entire time. Um, man, if ever you needed Jim Ross, it would have been for that match. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, the uh, the I, the announcing on both for both shows uh, was uh, a week, in my opinion. I'll just leave it at that, for the most part. Uh, I don't know. It's just me. So, but you felt good. Did you feel good? 
coming out of the match for Edge and how he looked, I mean, obviously you had to because, I mean, after that neck injury and then to come back and do some of the spots they did in this one. True. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a guy that, that wants everyone to make their own music. You know, mm-hmm. I want everyone to be able to finish finish their uh, their stories the way that they want to, and uh, to see Edge, who you know I talked about on the on the last podcast, is one of my all time favorite wrestlers. To see him be able to come back and and uh, you know be able to to not only do this match, but hopefully you know we'll get to see him uh, in spurts over the next three years. I'm mm-hmm. I'm pumped. I'm pumped about that, and uh, if. Excuse me. If if he's allowed to do more character based stuff, you know, like like the end of that match is, yeah. as opposed to jumping off ladders and getting hit with uh, cameras and and you know stuff that that would make any any normal person that knows his history uh, want to vomit. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm all for it. Uh, I, I but I do think that we got to talk about this man. Did you notice that, like, Orton kind of hung Edge from workout equipment? Yeah. Yeah. Does that not feel weirdly timed with the Benoit stuff? Yep. Yeah. I agree. I told, I told, I texted a buddy of mine who was behind on the, on the show, he he started it like maybe an hour mm-hmm. late or something. I said, "Dude, you're never gonna believe this, but Orton gave Edge the Benoit Bowflex, mm-hmm. and he was like, you 'You've got to be kidding me.' And, but I, <laughs> do you think just, it, do you think Edge just didn't think of that, or I think so. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think it was even Nothing I don't think it was intentional at all. I just think that they kind of got wrapped up in the moment. But I was just like, man, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's funny. You know, the Benoit tragedy happened in June of 2007. In the fall of 2007, Shawn Michaels was using the crossface, and we're all like, oh, maybe that's not Mm -hmm. something you should do. And now here we are 13 years later, and you're seeing somebody get hung from gym equipment. 2020 is a weird year, dude. That's all I'm saying. Very weird. Okay. So, moving on to that, from that, we had the Raw Tag Team Championship match. The Street Profits defeated Angel Garza and Austin Theory to retain. We both got this one right. Uh, match was pretty good for me. Um, I didn't really have nothing, need, no horse in the race, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it was just kind of, uh, there was some good spots and everything in it, but for me it was it was pretty good. But I think at this point I was ready to get on to uh, the last half of the card and what we had in store for us. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I liked it. I thought it was a good come down match. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I mean, you probably didn't. Well, I mean, there's there's a difference. Like, you need a come down match when like it's a really really good match, mm-hmm. and you need that like moment to breathe. With the way that Edge and Orton was paced, as opposed to this one, it was a really good like okay, you know, these guys are all athletic. They're very fast. They're very fast paced. Like that's how we're going to do this match. And so it kind of. It gave you a reprieve from the emotional gravitas of Edge and Orton, but it also like it also got the pace going back again to where it needed to be. Um, the the biggest thing for this for me was Bianca Belair. I you know I, I said it on the last mm-hmm. episode, but I'm a huge huge fan of that girl. And if uh, if she's coming up to Raw to manage the Street Profits, you know her and Montez Ford are married anyway. If uh, if that's the case, I'm I'm down with it. You know, just more Bianca Belair in my life. That's all I'm asking. I think you're going to get it, my friend. I think so. The way it looks, at least that's the way they were setting it up. So, yeah. 
Uh, okay. So next up, we had the SmackDown's Women's Women's Championship Fatal Five Way Elimination Match, uh, which Bailey ended up defeating Lacey Evans, Sasha Banks, Naomi, and Tamina to retain. And unfortunately, but really not surprising, we called this one wrong. Um, what do you think? I, I mean, I'm just glad Lacey Evans didn't win. I thought for a minute they was going to put it on her. Just, I did too. Just for a minute. Because I didn't know what was going to happen with Sasha and Bailey and what they were going to do there, you know. But I don't think they're ever going to let that feud happen, so I don't know. Uh, but I think the right person won. Uh, I, I know you don't like Lacey Evans. I don't think she's ready. Um, I, Naomi's pretty good. I, I've never been a fan of Tamina. So, I mean, who else are you going to put it on other than, obviously, Sasha Banks? But yeah. surely, with what they've set up, we're going to see this feud finally happen. I hope so, man. You know, I hope that it, it turns into um, – I hope it turns into a babyface Sasha going up against the heel Bailey. Because I really do think the heel Bailey is, is doing really well. And I like Sasha as a heel more than I like her as a babyface, but – if uh, if that's the way we're gonna get this thing, then I'm I'm down for you know yeah however we get it, but uh, yeah Bailey Bailey should have won ba- Bailey should have won just based on her shouting back at Michael Cole yeah <laughs> that was the highlight of that yeah. match for me. Uh, okay, now then, let's get to it. Here we go. I know you've been wanting to talk about this one, the Firefly Funhouse match. Uh, the Fiend, Bray Wyatt, defeated John Cena. Uh, we both got this one right. Is this what you expected the match to be coming out of what we saw in the Boneyard match? That's my first question. Uh, or what were you expecting? Were, were, okay, hold on. Maybe this is a better way. Okay, so you knew the Boneyard match after you saw what it was. We both knew <laughs> that they were doing something off-site and it was going to be a, a film production type of deal. Right. But did you have any any idea that we were going to get what we got? A masterpiece? Oh, man. Uh, no. I had no idea that it was going to be as good as it was. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, I, you know, I don't know how you feel about it because you and I haven't talked. To, we talked about the Boneyard match. We haven't talked about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, dude, it's my favorite thing they've done in years. Yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of people were talking to me about it, and they're like, "Well, they didn't really have a match." And I'm like, "They didn't need to have a match like that." That uh, wasn't the point. That yeah, wasn't did the point you not did, like? Did you not watch the thing? Mm-hmm. That was that was amazing. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's crazy to me. Like the fiend. So here's the thing. I, I'm gonna get real wrestling nerdy on you. Uh, so I apologize in advance. <laughs> but it's awesome to me, like how the fiend changes people, mm-hmm. right? Like when so the first person he fought was Finn Balor, and Finn Balor was a smiley go lucky baby face. Well, that's not Finn Balor. Finn Balor's Prince Devitt from New Japan, and now he's in NXT firing on all cylinders as Prince Devitt. Mm-hmm. You know, Seth Rollins was his bubbly baby face who was trying to make the world a better place. Well, that's not Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is his d bag heel that you and I both just said is the better version of him, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he made he made Brian or excuse me he made Daniel Bryan go back to Brian Danielson. Mm-hmm. You know Daniel Bryan was that wild haired Bruiser Brody uh, 
you know, son of a son of Bruiser Brody, you know, type guy with his long hair and his beard. Well, that's not who Daniel Bryan is. Daniel Bryan is the squeaky clean little baby face that he's come back into being. Um, you know, he turned the Miz from concerned family man back into egotistical a hole. Mm-hmm. You know, and and he. John Cena last night didn't even wrestle the Fiend. He wrestled himself, and he mm-hmm. wrestled his greatest fears. Uh, and and here's the here's the thing about it: the reason that the Fiend couldn't beat Goldberg is because Goldberg's never changed. He's right. just Goldberg. So the Fiend's weakness is people who have no change in their life. Uh, and I just thought it was just so freaking good, man. Uh, you know, and I think that you have to be a longtime fan of the business to like get the references and know mm-hmm. what's going on. They they but, dug deep in this one. They yeah, went but, back. Yeah, but for for a guy that's been watching wrestling since 1992, I could not have had a bigger smile on my face. Oh man, I I was uh, of course I was in awe of it the whole time. But uh, when they went to Saturday night's main event, and I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, whoa! That that's when it really. And it hooked me, but that's when it really sunk its hooks into me, you know? Yeah. Because Saturday night, Saturday night's main event was one of the first things I remember being able to watch wrestling. That's your because, spot. because that's all we had back then. I mean, you could rent it on VHS, or you could maybe get to watch Saturday night's main event. Right. And so he hit it. He got it. And, man. Mm. And then, of course, there was the NWO stuff and so on and so forth. Um, I'm still reeling from it. I've only watched it once, that match. I watched the Boneyard match a couple times, but this is a, this one I've only had a chance to watch once. I'm hoping to get set back down here after a while and watch it again. I really think it needs more than one viewing to mm-hmm. to really catch all the nuances of it and everything. Which how many times would you do you think you would actually say that about a wrestling? Well, okay, quote unquote a wrestling match. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean few and far between. Yeah. Uh, so. You know, it really it it goes back into the what ifs of John Cena's career and mm-hmm. the and the failures, right? So he comes out in his neon shorts, you know, with a with ruthless aggression, like he did with Kurt Angle. And uh, if you watch the ruthless aggression documentary on the WWE Network, you'll see that John Cena um, almost got fired because mm-hmm. he was just a generic crackerjack babyface. Then it goes into the Saturday Night's Main Event thing where it talks about, you know, muscles and no talent. And that's what John Cena was branded as for the first, like, two or three years that he was on top, right? Yep. Like, just all muscle, had half a thimble full, full of talent, uh, was good on the microphone, but that was it. And then it goes into the Doctor of Thugonomics, and Bray really kind of calls him out for being a bully. Like, that's always been a big criticism for John Cena online, is, like, he never takes his opponent seriously. He never sells fear. It's always He always wants to make fun of people. And and in the grand scheme of things, like John Cena is not a babyface; he's a douchebag heel. Yep. Uh, so they lean into that, and then it goes into you know WrestleMania 30, and and how you know right the wrong John Cena hit me with that chair, turn heel. That's all Bray wanted. Bray just wanted John to go to the dark side, and and so he swings that chair like he's going to go heel, and the next thing you see is now he's Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Yep. And I was just like. Mm. It's, oh, it's, it's well, chef's kiss. It's yep. so good. So good. And then, you know, at the end of it, it's it's him realizing that his career is basically over. You know, he's on the back nine as far as wrestling career goes. And 
what's going to happen when he leaves wrestling? Is he just going to disappear and people aren't going to remember him anymore? And I think that's the reason why he disappears at the end of it. Yeah. Um, the only thing that I had a had a problem with is I wish they hadn't went back to Titus O'Neil being like, I don't know what I just saw. <laughs> I, I I wish like. I wish like it would have went back to the arena or the performance center, and Cena would have been still on the stage, but he would have been like he would have collapsed, collapsed or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's the only only caveat I have with it. But besides that, man, it was it was amazing. And uh, I'm sorry if people didn't like her. I'm sorry if it wasn't your cup of tea. I know like Meltzer and Brian Alvarez and a bunch of the dirt sheet guys mm-hmm. were dogging it, but I think that's because it wasn't in Japan and AEW didn't do it. Right. Um, but man, yeah, I, so I couldn't sleep, I couldn't sleep last night. So I just watched uh, the Boneyard match and the Firefly Funhouse probably twice. Yeah, just just in preparation for this podcast, and uh, I love them both uh, like like children, you mm-hmm. know, in different ways but equal. And uh, but I think if I if I had to have a, if I have to have a favorite, I think it's just the Firefly Funhouse just because of the. The great like cameos and and the yeah. nuance and stuff. So, hey, sorry again. I, I don't mean to word vomit, but uh, I was pretty fired up about this one. I knew you would be. Um, <laughs> props to everybody involved in that match, um, from top to bottom. I mean, it's quality. Uh, like I said, I only got to watch it the one time. Um, otherwise, otherwise, I would have already watched it again. But. Uh, babies and change of diapers and so on and so forth. Uh, unfortunately, it has to take precedence sometimes, but I am going to sit, sit down and watch it again. Um, you know, like you were saying with the NWO stuff, that that really struck me other than the Saturday night's main event stuff. Just, you know, the talk, all the talk with Cena having never gone to heel and won't do it and blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I really dug that part. Uh, I don't know. I like the whole thing. I'm with you. I wish at the end they would have... Uh, come back to the arena and just a uh, floored John Cena or something like that. Yeah. Um, just I, just referees and officials yeah. around him like, John, John, are you okay? Are you okay? And just, you know, we folks, we don't know what just happened, but John I, Cena just came out here and he just collapsed. I'm telling you, though, I mean, props again to John Cena for going through with this, and which he's always, you know, he's been pretty straightforward about his career and everything for the most part. But to let them, to, but to let it be dissected like that and go into all that and so on and so forth, I thought it was really neat. And Bray Wyatt's Bray Wyatt for me. I mean, the dude's money. I, I don't, I don't know why we keep having these ups and downs. But like you said, if the reason he dropped that belt was to get to this, I'm money with it. You know, it's no problem yeah. at all. No yeah. problem. Uh, yeah, and and here's the thing, like kudos, to John, <coughs> excuse me, kudos to John Cena because uh, a buddy and I were talking about this. No other wrestler on the Mount Rushmore would have done that. No, not at all. Hogan wouldn't have done it. Austin wouldn't have done it. Rock wouldn't have done it. Flair wouldn't have done it. I don't even think Undertaker would have done it. Nobody would have put themselves, let themselves be subject, subjected to that. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, ego, the ego is a big thing. So, you know, I mean, it just shows you. I mean, John Cena, like we talked about before, I've been up and down with. I respect him a lot more now than I did when he first started. Yeah. You know, this this makes me – actually, this, you know, that puts that much more respect on it. And I probably would not have, now that I'm thinking about it and you said it, he honestly, just in my personal, because uh, I, I have my own personal picks, but I could almost put him on my Mount Rushmore. 
just yeah. after doing something like this. You well, know? I think I think if you're looking at like significant uh, WWF stars, your top four, and this is going to rub people the wrong way, but I don't care. Uh, your top four have to be Bruno, Hogan, Austin, mm-hmm. and Cena. Yeah. And and honorable mention to The Rock, but The Rock even and and I'm a Rock like I'm a Rock guy, you know this. Mm-hmm. But even at his best, he was he was second to Austin. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, and so you know I, I think that you, you know and, and people are going to say Sean, they're going to say Rick, they're going to say Jericho, you know all those and and Mount. That's the cool thing about Mount Rushmore's is they're debatable and and no one's wrong. Right. Uh, but if you're going to say like the the biggest four draws for the last you know, what, 50 years in the WWF. Those are the four guys you yeah. got to put on there. And, uh, yeah, and, and for Cena to do something like this at the latter stages of, of his career, I think is, is really great. Yeah. And uh, I didn't even mention this, but uh, I was really ticked off with that promo he cut on Friday where he was talking about Bray was overhyped and overrated and everything. Mm-hmm. And then they used that to make it sound like he was talking about himself. Yep. And I was like, oh, well, there you go. That's that's perfect. Good stuff. Good stuff. I recommend that if you have not watched this match, go out there, actively seek it out and watch it. Okay, I keep saying match. Let's, let's, honestly, it, it wasn't a match, but you just need to watch this So uh, spectacle, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. yeah, spectacle is the right word. Can I make a quick plug? Yes. Uh, this week on Sauce of the Scary, Jeff Wright and I are going to watch the Boneyard match and uh, the Firefly Funhouse, and we're going to do a watch along with it. So if you have the WWE Network and you want to hear what to, if you want to hear more nerdy poetic stuff from me, and you want to hear uh, from from a horror story or horror movie standpoint, uh, tune into Sauce of the Scary later on this week, you and you'll go. be able to hear that. I will put that out there for you as well, my friend. Uh, I think we've we've uh, pretty much uh, said enough on that one. I know we could go on talking about it and the Boneyard match. Oh, man. I could, but, yeah, I could talk about it all day. Yeah. But let's get on to the WWE Championship match. Uh, we both called this one right. Uh, Drew McIntyre defeated Brock Lesnar to win. Um, I don't think it was a surprise, and I'm just going to throw it out first, uh, up front. I mean, um, it went about the way I thought it would. Yeah, so here's what I was going to say about the Goldberg-Strowman match and this one as well. Uh, if I if I never have to see a match that goes three minutes where all you're doing is spamming finishers, yeah, it'll be too soon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they uh, were they were mirror matches pretty much. Uh, I enjoyed this one more than the other just because I had more invested in it with Drew McIntyre. You right. know what I'm saying? But I mean, also though, how do you follow up the Funhouse match? You know what I'm right. saying? I mean, yeah. my goodness. And it's Brock Lesnar. Um, I, I know I gave him a hard time last time we talked. I like Brock. I think he does what he does right. I mean, that's what he's there for is to be this beast. Um, but like you said, it's time for him to go back home to his farm and to his kids and just take a break. We'll see him again at SummerSlam, I'm sure. Uh, Drew McIntyre earned this. Um I've been waiting for it since he come back to NXT. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where it goes from here. So that's that's about my take on it. I really don't have a lot to say about this one. Uh, as always, Paul Heyman outside the ring is always money. Just yeah. listening to him, you know. I, I really the one that really sticks out for me was uh, 
he hit him with the first Claymore, and Brock was over in the corner by Heyman, and then you can hear Heyman playing his day saying, Brock, Brock, he's uh, getting ready to another Claymore or something like that. Yeah. I can't remember right now. But that's – I like that. That's why Heyman's there. And I, this is where not having a crowd kicks in too because you can hear what they're saying to each other. And in that moment, I was like, oh, see, that's cool right there where you can actually hear what they're saying. And by the way, those Claymores look like they hurt like nobody's business, especially that last one where yeah. they're still on the ground. Gosh. Uh, I'm done, though. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go off on my little table. Oh, either. no. Oh, you're fine. Uh, I, I agree with everything you're saying. And, you know, the great thing about Lesnar is is that Lesnar probably told Drew, like, hey, lay it in, kid. Yep. You know, uh, I can take it. Uh, I, yeah, so I, I, I don't want to see part-timers with the, with the world titles anymore. Uh, no. I, I still think that Brock Lesnar has a lot to offer. Uh, I still think that he has a lot more <laughs> left in the tank. Uh, I think the same thing about Goldberg, but I don't want them to be world champions anymore. I want guys like Drew McIntyre and yeah. Braun Strowman, for that matter, to have their, their moment. But also, uh, you know, for, for the reason that, like, I want guys like Cesaro to win the world title, and I want people like... Uh, I want freaking Kofi Kingston to get the title back. You know, yep. like let's let's invest in let's invest in the stars of today instead of the stars from 15 to 20 years ago. Yep. Uh, and and if and if these main events are just going to be this, where it's where it's like you're playing the old SmackDown game where you had you could do infinite finishers and you would just spam your finisher for the first you know 45 seconds to a minute and then pin your guy. Uh, it's stupid. Nobody wants to see that anymore. No. Uh, the reason I was excited about Brock and Drew is because Brock can go and Drew can go, and I just wanted, you know, big men smacking meat. I, I thought they were going to, but they proved this wrong really quick in that one. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I, I thought we were going to get a little bit more of a match than what we did. And, and maybe we will at SummerSlam, you know. True. Maybe maybe when uh, when the world goes back to some semblance of normalcy, uh, which I hope to God is by <laughs> August. Um, my Lord, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, maybe that's maybe that's what they'll do is they'll have the big match then when it's in front of people. You know, mm-hmm. hopefully that's that's what they're waiting on. But uh, yeah, if 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 we never get another one of these matches, I'll be happy. All right. Well, with that, Derek, we survived a two-day WrestleMania. Yeah, hey, let me ask you this real quick. Would you want it to go to two days or from now on? No. No? Only because it's hard for me to carve out that much time. I know it's only three and a half, but for me, three and a half, finding three and a half is hard to do. You know what I'm saying? At, at, on multiple days? On multiple days at the times that they have carved out for it. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, I, I, I do think it was easier to, I mean I, I, I it was easier to watch definitely if I had the time if I you know if I was young me and wrestling was everything you know mm-hmm. then yes this would be awesome because that's two days of wrestling and it's not like your entire Sunday because with the Sunday Wrestlemania you know how it is you're so excited at the start of it and you have peaks and valleys blah blah, blah. but by the time you finally get to that main event for me at least I'm so tired and wore out just because it's such a long show and there's so much stuff happening uh, that it was nice having it broke up. But, like, and maybe it's traditionalist, too, just being able to, you know, hey, I've grown up watching WrestleManias one day. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. It's it's that one day. So I I, I hope they go back. I I hope they don't 
end up sticking with this format. Although they can make a lot of money sticking with this format by having it at two separate uh, stadiums. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Back to back like that. So I don't know. What do you think? Uh, man, if, if they're going to continue to have 16 matches uh, forever WrestleMania, then yeah, I think that it's it might be a good idea to do two days because it is a slog. Like, I I love hanging out with my friends and I love you know watching wrestling together and stuff. But I mean, it's 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 beginning to be one of those things where like you go to your buddy's house at noon, yeah, and you don't leave till midnight, yeah. And by the end of it, you're you're like, all right, man, thanks for having me. We'll see you later. <laughs> well, I mean, you you can ask my wife. This is the the most hated day or weekend, I should say, the most hated weekend for her and having to put up with my wrestling uh, love hate relationship. Because you yeah. know, when you think about it, I mean, normally it's Sunday and Monday because you have the Raw after Mania, right? But now you got this week it's Saturday, Sunday. And Monday as well, so um, I don't know. It's it's such a, I, I I like it. I mean, I, I'll always love it. I'll always come back to it. But and I see your point. I mean, I can see it doing two days and being I I don't know. I, I can go either way. Yeah, well, and like I said, the only reason I would want it to go to two is if if you if you have to do sixteen matches. I think if you cut, you could cut what Ziggler and Otis. Um, you, you could do black, okay. Black, black and, Otis, yeah. um, uh, the Raw tag titles, Elias, Elias. Uh, I mean, you could probably yeah. whittle that thing down to ten yeah. or eleven matches and do like a four-hour WrestleMania, and that would be okay. Yeah. But these like six and a half, seven-hour yeah. things, dude, it's it's too much. You know, I went to WrestleMania uh, two years ago in New Orleans, and we got into the building. Seriously, I think Jason at like three o'clock in the afternoon. And we didn't leave until 11.30. See, it's such a – and I understand what they're trying to do and everything, but I mean, that's that's a that's a long haul to have it's to go It's too much, through. man. Yeah, it really it's is. too much. So I don't know. I, I think, though, I really do think that if this goes over good, I wouldn't be surprised to see them, like I said, look at, well, you know, if we're making X amount of money on one day in one stadium, well, if we break it up into two days and put it in two stadiums, then you know that's that's money for sure. Yeah. So I, I don't know if they'll do two stadiums or not. I think they'll keep it in the same venue, uh, just because you know they did WrestleMania two yeah. from three, different, three places. different places. Yep. And it sucked. Yeah. Um, of course, that was you know thirty four. Well, no. Well, yeah, thirty three yeah. years ago. Yeah. Thirty four years. Thirty four years ago. Yeah. So um, you know, technology's changed and stuff, but I think that they would just. I think just because like cities are bidding on WrestleMania now, yeah. I think that they would they would keep it in the same city and just I mean, but I mean again, that's if you're doing eighty thousand people a night, that's I mean that's pretty good money. That's good money right there. Um, okay, we haven't talked about real quick, and then we got to get out of here. Um, yes, they should have hired me for that opening. You're right. <laughs> yes, that and yes, the Gronk factor. Yeah. Gosh. Uh, okay, so it was terrible. Yes. And it got worse. Yes. And then it got better because uh, he won the 24-7 championship and wasn't on the rest of the show. <laughs> but then you got to think, you know, you know, first of all, I put nothing into the 24-7 championship in the first place. Yeah. It's just the comic relief. But, like, 
you know, I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like saying it got better because he won the twenty four seven title is like saying you got syphilis over gonorrhea. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a. I don't know. I, I, I don't need to ever see that again. And unfortunately, he's going to be back. So, right. Uh, it was. It, I, I'm not a big fan of hosts like we talked about anyway. Yeah. So, I can do without him in the first place. I can really do without him. Uh, just real quick. Let me get a just a letter grade from you for this uh, WrestleMania. Uh, B plus. Okay, that's what I was. Th- I was going to go B B plus somewhere in there. Yeah. Uh, it, it exceeded my expectations. The matches were great for the most part. Um, I think it really. I think it really. Uh, my grade really rides though on the boneyard and the funhouse because going in first of all. You didn't know what to expect, but then what we got. If you hadn't had those two, I'd probably go see. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, it's uh, yeah. They they both really make up the you know the excitement of the weekend. But you know you also I mean you had really really good oh, you yeah. know really great matches. Uh, again, if <clears throat> if you cut that Orton and Edge match down, I think that's the match of the night. Um, but even the way it was, it was still good. Uh, yeah. You know, Rollins and Owens, Charlotte and Rhea, uh, the latter match. Uh, there was some, there was some really good stuff on there. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think B plus probably is not my favorite. Um, I think, I think it's, it's one that we'll always talk about. Oh yeah. You know, for for obvious reasons. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think. I think B plus is a is a fair enough grade. It definitely exceeded expectations, and and if it ushers in. Uh, a new way to to uh, to do wrestling, you know, with this cinematic stuff, and and uh, you know, a lot of people want to talk like, oh, well, you should thank Matt Hardy for that, or oh, you should thank Lucha Underground for that and stuff. Well, I, that's true, but the WWE has been doing stuff like this since '96. Oh, yeah. You know, like the first the first time I remember it was um, the Hollywood Backlot Brawl with Piper. Mm-hmm. And gold dust, and then later that year they did the Boiler Room Brawl, and both of those, you know, felt like movies. So, uh, you know, over time, with again with technology developing and things like this, and and uh, you know they put the right people in for the right kind of things. Now I think that you can move forward and don't do it all the time, don't oversaturate it, but once a year, twice a year, I think would be great. All right, sounds great. Um, just real quick, um, I am proud to say. I didn't think I would do this good, but I actually called ten matches right. Derek, you got hey, nine. I, congrats, man. I did not think I would get that many right. I really didn't because I hadn't. Like I said, I've not been following that close. Yeah. Um, anything else, Derek, before we get out of here today that you want to uh, add for this one? No, man. Just uh, if you if you haven't, if you're a wrestling fan and you haven't watched the Boneyard match and the Firefly Fun Firefly Funhouse, easy for me to say. Uh, definitely do that. But besides that, man, just uh, it was good, and I'm glad. Thank you so much for having me on so we could talk about it and uh, look forward to coming back again. Thank you, Derek. Uh, we'll definitely have you back on the show um, whenever life gets back to normal again and there's stuff to talk about, you know what I mean? Yeah. We're, we're, we're on our normal nights. We're really we're scraping the bottom of the barrel. It's becoming uh, – uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but it's just it's it's getting hard to find stuff to talk about. 
Yeah, I get it. We we talk about a lot of nonsense now, which is up way more than what it used to be. But the nonsense factor <laughs> is like even worse. But anyway, uh, that's it for this week, folks. You can find us on all the podcast streaming sites out there, and make sure that you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't joined the Facebook group yet, just search for Ramblings from Nowhere. You can find us on Twitter at From Ramblings, and on Instagram it's RFN underscore podcast. Also, don't forget to send those emails with any questions or comments to rfn.podcast1 at gmail.com. Derek, I meant to plug last week for you, and I forgot to. Give us a little info on the Saw Something Scary podcast and where you can find it at, as well as where everybody can find you at. Yeah, so uh, Saw Something Scary hopefully comes out every week. <laughs> uh, things have been kind of crazy um, lately, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a scary movie podcast with myself and my co-host Jeff Wright, and that drops usually around the end of the week, Thursday to Friday, uh, and again, like I said, this week we'll be watching along with the Boneyard match and the Firefly, Firefly Funhouse, I don't know why I keep having trouble saying that, uh, so... Yeah, you can find it anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, uh, J-Date, Plenty of Fish, uh, Farmers Only. We're, we're pretty much everywhere. So, uh, yeah, just give us, a, give us a follow, and then you can find me at Derek Zoo uh, for, on all social media platforms. Awesome. Uh, thank you for that. I want to plug one for you as well. I have not got to sit down and listen to it yet, but I'm looking forward to sitting down with the uh, Chernobyl podcast from you guys I am really excited to hear what you thought on it I know we've talked about it a little bit before but I'm excited to hear what you guys have to say and it has already dropped so if you've not listened to it I suggest you do uh, yeah thanks man you're it's welcome. a it's a good one we uh, we talk a lot about how <laughs> uh, we talk a lot about how uh, America parallels what was going on in Chernobyl mm-hmm. 30 years ago so if you uh, if you like politics and HBO, this is the show to listen to. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, listen, you can find me, as always, on Twitter at Jason76Z. And Derek, with that, we are out. Out.